rewiring your brain, rewiring your pat your thought patterns, and that can that can that can roll over into your food choices. That was the phytogenic chef Marco Knox, and he comes on the podcast this week to talk about his goal of transforming lives one meal at a time through plant-based nutrition. It was a really unique and fun opportunity for me to get to catch up with Marco. I really enjoyed him getting to share his passion of plant-based food with me and now with you. So without further ado, let's get to becoming legendary with the phytogenic chef, Marco Knox. Maximize every opportunity so that you can become legendary. You can become What adjustments can you make right now to make yourself 1% Your only better? goal is to be the best version of you. Marco, welcome to Becoming Legendary, man. Thank you so much for being part of this epic journey. How are you? I'm living a dream, Patrick. <laughs> living a dream. Uh, what does a typical day in your life look like? Typical day in my life. Um, my cup is overflowing with gratitude. That is a typical day in my life. Uh, typical day for me. You want me to start from the beginning? Yeah, start from the beginning. Wake, waking up until it's time to go to sleep. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, well, every morning I wake up and the first thing that I do is head out to my patio and I do pranayama. I set my intentions for the day, say my gratitude, and then I go make some coffee. Um, after that, I have some grapefruit. <laughs> yes. And then I and then I wake my wife <laughs> <laughs> and I fix breakfast for us. We usually talk about the day. Uh, what's on our schedules, our agendas, things to do, and then I uh, I juggle multiple things. I juggle the uh, the chef business I'm starting or have started. Uh, I juggle personal things. Uh, I tend to ride my bike just about every day. So once all that is settled, I head out and either road bike or uh, hit a trail and ride my bike that way. Uh, and then I usually whip up a bunch of recipes throughout the day and beta test a bunch of food and get creative in the kitchen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, we both work from home, so we work remotely, so we're blessed in that way. And uh, we get to share ideas and experiences and work environments. And uh, every once in a while, I'll venture outside to the ocean, um, wrap up the day, and uh, do it all over again. I mean, I'm a pretty simple man, Patrick. Those are the things that uh, I really do. So let's start. Uh, let's start with your. Let's start with your pranayama practice. What What does that look like? What does that feel like for you? Oh, it feels amazing. Um, I'm so grateful that my wife taught me that and introduced it to me. Um, I, I tell you what, it's instrumental in changing who I am as a as a human. Um, that and setting the intentions. Um, but it feels wonderful. I sit there uh, typically 10 to 15 minutes. It doesn't take a lot of time. It is a, it is a discipline practice that I do every morning. Um, I feel like it really brings me to a centered place. It brings me to the moment, to the now. Um, aligns my focus. 
allows me to be grateful, allows me to set my intentions for the day. So uh, I couldn't imagine a day without it, honestly. Mm. I'm getting to the point now. I've been doing it for very long, under a year, but I'm to the point now where I'll actually stop during the middle of the day and do some some expanding upon it. Yeah. And I'm curious to learn more. So I'm going to dive into a little bit of that mm. in the next month or so. But yeah, I do basic three breath work. Uh, belly breath, uh, fire breath, and alternative nostril, those three. Pretty simple, probably for most people to learn and implement, but uh, definitely a a foundational thing for me every day. Yeah, it's a really nice, really nice piece to bring in, especially when it becomes a, a dedicated portion of life. When when you're looking at the course of the next month, you said you were going to dive a little deeper in into that practice. Where where are you expecting to go? Where what resources are you using? Maybe let's start there. Um, resources. Uh, gosh, there's so many. I'd probably lean into you a little bit on that. Honestly, mm. um, <laughs> I know you're well versed in that. Um, expectations. I don't have a lot of expectations. Uh, with anything really, uh, I I hope that it it brings me a deeper sense of being, um, more learning, furthers me along in my dharma, my path, uh, keeps me centered. Just that, really. Mm. <laughs> so this is this is a thing. A little vague, a little a little wide. No, that's beautiful. No, that's be- I, it's funny. This is a thing that I. I very rarely speak about and kind of the podcast becomes a lot of these things that I don't, I don't really share with the world. And then I share them with everybody all at once. Right. It's a weird, it's a weird way for me to do things, but it's the way I do it. Um, I will say that there has been nothing more transformative in my ability to experience the world I'm living in than some specific Kriya work that has become a part of my life. And there are levels of capacity within human experience that I would not have believed are possible that are very incredibly easily accessible if we tune our body appropriately right our body's just an antenna for the universe and if we point it in the right shape and we we utilize our breath in the way that the way that uh is appropriate for the moment there are experiences that are accessible that i just i find them hard to believe that they're real but i've been there i know that they're real because i've done them (laughs) so i love i love i love hearing that you know it's Let's let's go back because I want to start when I met you, right? When I met mm-hmm. you, you and I were just uh, lost sales reps traveling the world. <laughs> yes, we were. <laughs> so lost. So lost, yeah. And uh, we would... You know, we we would we would have some interesting we'd have some interesting conversations. Um, I think that you know, I as much 
as much as um, you, I think, felt like you didn't really fit in in that world, I really didn't fit in in that world. (laughs) (laughs) And um, because of that, I think we, we really were universally drawn to each other. And, um, you know, you met me when I, when I had gone full corporate, right? It was the last, the last year and a half of my, uh, my corporate experience. And I, I had become a, a actual corporate person where I received a paycheck and I hadn't done that since I was 22 years old. <laughs> so, uh, you really met me in a, you really met me at an interesting time. I really sold out. Yeah. Well, just sold, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Now, what you're doing right now is so dramatically different, and I know, I know, you still have your toes in in that world. And the the new American entrepreneur is not the old American entrepreneur, right? The new American entrepreneur is. Well, I am pursuing this path, but I also am holding these four other jobs so that I can fund my desire to pursue this path. But your path started when you were super young, right? The path you're on, this creating food, started when you were 12 years old. Is that true? Is that fair? It's 100% true, and it is very fair. Yes. So it did reconnecting to that path what and let's let's start let's start with what that path is right so you are the phytogenic chef i am the phytogenic chef and and uh for those, go ahead i'm sorry no tell me tell me what that is tell everyone what that is phytogenic simply means derived from or formed by plants so in essence i am the derived from plants chef yeah which translates to a whole foods plant-based chef um, so that's really what it means. And I chose that name, believe it or not, it came to me during breath work. Mm. I was sitting on my patio one morning and setting my intentions and speaking to the universe, practicing my pranayama. And all of a sudden, the phytogenic chef passed through my mind. And I abruptly stopped what I was doing and I went and I wrote it down. I finished my breath work, came back in the house, looked it up and was blown away by what it meant. And I, I, I truly took that as a, a universal message of something that I needed to pursue uh, in terms of the name. I've always known I wanted to be a chef. I've always known that that was my calling, but now it rounded out that meaning to me. And I was able to truly put it in place. So that's where the name was born. Um, in so many ways. So um, you're a plant-based chef. Whole foods plant-based chef. Whole yes. foods plant-based chef. Yeah, I am. Mm. Uh, and I'm on a mission to save lives. Yeah. <laughs> That's really my mission statement is I'm on a mission to save lives by sharing the benefits of living a whole foods plant-based lifestyle. Um, and that mission came to me uh, in the fall of 2018 when that really that mission came to me. The name didn't come to me, but the mission came to me at that point. Yeah, and tell me, tell me about that experience of of you realizing, having that realization of what what you had to do. Well, I 
like you mentioned earlier, you, we've known each other and we met uh, many years ago in the sales world. And at that time, I was in a denial stage of life. Um, I thought I was fit. I thought I was healthy. Um, thought I was eating properly. I was eating the standard American diet. And I, I thought I was doing all the right things. And I'd always sworn to myself to not repeat my father's mistakes. To add some context to that, my father passed at an early age of 65 years old from heart disease and diabetes uh, as a result of the lifestyle he led, uh, heavy drinking, uh, poor food choices, smoking cigarettes, things of that nature. And uh, he was never able to reverse them. It was too late for him. So I swore to myself, I'm, I'm not going to go out like the old man. That's just not going to happen to me. And here I was on the eve of 40. Going into the doctor's office for my annual visit, <clears throat> and I get news that kind of, not kind of, it did scare me to my core. The doctor looked at me and said, you have hypertension, your cholesterol is too high, out of bounds, your sugar levels are extremely high, you're pre-diabetic, and your overall weight is just, it's too much. You're, you're considered obese, and uh, I think you know you, what you need to do. Now, most doctors would tell you, you need to lose a little weight, you know, clean up your diet a little bit. But I knew that it, 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 it needed more of that. I, I had done a lot of the um, yo-yo dieting, if you will. Go to a gym, buy a bike, clean up my diet a little bit, drop some sugars here, maybe not drink soda there, lose five pounds, gain five back, you know, that whole thing. And I, I knew that wasn't going to cut at this time. So I decided to do a little reading, uh, do some research. I fell in love with a book by uh, someone that I really admire now by the name of Rich Roll, who was an ultra endurance athlete. And I was blown away by some of the things that he put into his body, and yet he was able to perform at such a level. So I thought, okay, I'm going to quit dairy. I'll try that. I'll start there. And uh, it was amazing. The impact was almost immediate. When I say immediate, within two weeks, two to three weeks, inflammation left my body that I didn't even know I had. Um, my weight started to drop right away. Uh, back pain that I had suffered from for, for many years started to become less and less apparent in my body. And uh, I said, there's something to this. I'm going to go all in. I'm going to quit meat. I'm going to quit fish. I'm going to quit chicken. All animal products. I'm eliminating it all. And I'm going to see if this works. And lo and behold, it worked. Uh, eight months later, I was down 50 pounds. The aforementioned things were no longer an issue. And my health was perfect. Cholesterol in line. Sugar in line. Blood pressure in line. My weight was down to a 205. And I was doing things that I never thought I could do. I was riding my bike for many, many miles in excess of 30 miles. I could barely get around a block or climb up a hill. <laughs> um, and now I was doing things that I didn't do before when I thought I was healthy and then turned 40 and just chalked it up to, well, you know, I'm 40 now. I'm just, I'm on the back half of it. This is what happens, right? Mm. But uh, no, that's not what happened. So mm -hmm. I know I'm a little long-winded with that, but that's really... That was really the shift for me. I left the doctor's office scared yeah. and went home and repaired that. Yeah. 
Yeah. I think it's, I think there's a lot to this. Hmm. This get out of jail free card that we've given ourselves, right? Um, We all start to talk about, oh, well, this is expected because uh, I'm old, right? Yeah. And, And yet there are humans who are much older than than you or I, than many of us listening to this podcast, who can still do incredibly amazing things with their body. And sure, if for if for forty years, right, you've uh, you've abused your body, you should expect some some declining rate of return. Um, that's fine, but you also have the opportunity at any point to really dig in and make changes. And I I think that's really important. And I actually, I have, um, I have this like idea in my head where I really talk about me as 40. I'm turning 40 in 2020. And um, I really, I really want to show the world like this is also 40, right? Like I do Mm -hmm. some work. I do some work with, um, I do some work with some really young people, like really, really young people. And I was having a conversation with this girl. She's like a, just a superhuman athlete. She's 20 years old. She can do like anything and everything physically. And she just was like, how old are you? And I said, guess, like guess. And I can tell you that the number was nowhere near 40. And her only thing was like, good job. And my thought was, hey, I haven't really done that great a job. Like, I've maybe not been ridiculously abusive to my body, but it's not like I don't have my own fun, right? I I really believe that there's a necessity to have have fun and have uh, a willingness to live your life. And also take care of your body. So here's an interesting fact for you. Okay. By the time we die, the average human living a normal average human lifespan will consume somewhere between 12 and 15 tons of food. It's a lot of food. It's a lot of food that your body has to process, right? It's not like all of that food is going through you. So you are Mm -hmm. literally, you could be putting... 15 tons of garbage through your body you should expect terrible results if that's the case yeah yeah <laughs> now treat it like a landfill it is a landfill exact exactly so and if you treat it like it is the vessel that that you transverse the earth in and it's the only vessel you're going to get to transverse the earth in it's going to it's going to treat you differently Right, like you get a car, you're gonna get the oil changed in that car because if you don't, it's gonna take you like ten thousand miles, and then that car is gonna be done. Or if you take care of it, it's gonna take you a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand miles. Like there's a big difference in the way we take care of our stuff, and our body is just a stuff piece, right? We all we all forget that our body is the is the vehicle that we're moving around in all the time. Our car is a vehicle that we're moving around in some of the time. When you first made that change, when you first made that change, 
how long do you think it took before mm-hmm. how long do you think it took before you got to this point where you are right now or are you still getting better are you still feeling better every single day i'm still feeling better every single day mm-hmm. um but i mean the, the i noticed changes within a couple of weeks so it was pretty quick yeah which is what got me excited and wanted me it made me want to do more yeah um but yeah, i'm i'm still experiencing more i mean more recently I've eliminated sugar, oil, and salt from all the foods I prepare as well. So not only my whole foods plant-based, I'm sugar, oil, salt-free. So I've cleaned it up even more. It's it's amazing. We'll go through the house and and we'll see something that we're, we've been consuming, and it's like, wait, that's that's got to go now. And and it's it's funny because we will have thought we made it, like the cupboards are clean, it's it's all plant-based foods, and then there's this other thing like. Oh, the agave. Agave's got to go. But wait a minute. I've been eating agave instead of sugar. Like, why is that got to go? Well, we've learned some new things about agave. It's not really that great for you. Yeah. Or or other things. It's, it's, it's just amazing how much further you can push yourself to become that much better. And to your point of treating the, the body like, like what it is, the vehicle you're constantly traveling in, put in negative things, expect negative results. Yeah. Put in positive things, expect positive results. So I'm, I know that's a long-winded answer, but I, I'm still growing every single day. Um, I've also eliminated all alcohol. I mean, that was something that I, I enjoyed really. I wouldn't say that I was a, a heavy drinker by any means, but I enjoyed having a beer every now and then and, uh, celebrating. Now I look at it as why would I celebrate by poisoning my body? That just doesn't even make sense to me. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I've, I've taken another level. I've eliminated that now. So it, it just continues to push a little forward. I'm not sure what else I could eliminate at this point, but uh, um, I tell you what, I, I feel amazing. And the things I'm able to do now are just beyond what my comprehension would have been a year ago. Yeah. Mm. When you were, so that let's go back to, you started in the you started in the restaurant industry at twelve. Yeah, I did. You, when you first like fell in love with cooking, did you have chefs that you looked up to? Uh, yeah. I mean, at that age, I was I was in the kitchen environment, so whoever was cooking at that kitchen was the chef that I was looking at. And going, yeah. wow, I want to be like that. It could have been Mike. Yeah, uh, I don't for know. Sure. Sure. Wasn't anyone famous. But as I got older, yeah, Emerald was a guy that I looked at, you know, bam, you know, that guy, he was, he was all over the place. He was a celebrity chef. Uh, so Emerald Agassi was one. Mario Batali was another. Um, guy Fieri, I mean, even in the, in the last decade or so, all those guys I would look at and go, man, they're, they're amazing what they do with food. Look at all the stuff they do and how famous they've become through cooking and they've got restaurants and they're, they're just these brilliant guys that know all the stuff about food. Mm. So yeah, I looked up to a lot of those guys. In the is, is that a path? Like, is that is that where you want to be? Do you want to be saying "bam" over some uh, charbroiled broccoli? <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> I do not want to be saying "bam" over some charbroiled broccoli. Uh, artichokes, maybe. Okay, all right, all right. <laughs> I can get into that. No. No, I don't. 
I get I get the greater question there. Um, no, I don't need that type of notoriety. Uh, if I can, I choose food as a, is my medium. My my mission is really straightforward. As I mentioned a little earlier, I want to help save lives by sharing the benefits of what I've learned through whole food, plant based eating. And my chosen medium is food. Everyone's got a different medium. Mine is food, and I think that I can capture an audience with the food that I make. Um, it's, it's appealing to the eye, and it draws people in. They want to try it. They're like, wow, that looks really good. I'll yeah. take a bite of that. And then when they realize that I've used zero animal products, no sugar, no salt, no oil, they're blown away, and they're intrigued. Now I've got their attention. The door is open for me to educate them on why this type of lifestyle is beneficial to them yeah. and their health. You really, so, really, as listeners, should check out uh, check out the Instagram because the the way that you capture the stuff that you're making is really beautiful. And I you. think that it's just, it's a really, it's a really eye-opening experience just to see the creativity of what you're putting together. Yeah, I mean, if classically trained chefs would look at me and go, you're not following any of the rules, and I'm not. Yeah. I'm, I'm just up in space in my own way. And I'm not following traditional chef rules. I'm, I'm combining foods and pairing things that you wouldn't normally pair, but they're turning out wonderful. They're turning out delicious. And more importantly, they're very good for you. So, yeah, I use that as my medium. I, I, I capture my audience that way. Yeah. And it's, I think it's a positive way because all too often, and I know I say whole food, plant-based, but a lot of people would label me as vegan or, or this or that. And, I don't necessarily cling to any certain label like that, but I think that people, if you approach them and say, this is what I do, they get defensive. You know, they don't want their lifestyle challenged in any way, shape or form. Mm. So if I can just present them with something and let them try it on their own, I've, I've eliminated that, that risk of offending or making them feel like they have to have a defensive posture about anything. It's like, here it is. Try it out for yourself. Yeah. So I think it's beautiful in that respect. Mm. Mm. getting hungry <laughs> we're getting close to my my uh shutdown time for the day so now i'm good <laughs> um i don't even know i mean i don't know how much you know about my my experimentation in food consumption and things, but I, I definitely experiment with a, with a lot of different things. I think what you said there, I think, is really important. Um, I I don't know, and you may disagree, but I don't know that there's a perfect way to eat for everyone. I think that everybody kind of has a has a different need and need and want and desire, and you kind of have to find a balance between all of those. But one of the things that I, I really struggle with is all of these like little groups that want to fight with each other on social media about how you how the other people that are eating the way they're eating are wrong. Mm-hmm. And I think that's to me that it's not what you do, which I really appreciate. What you do is you say, here's what I'm doing and this is what I'm doing and this is working. And I think if you really believe in what you're doing, that's the way you do it. If you're telling other people they're wrong because they're doing something different than you, that to me shows me that you don't really truly believe in what you're doing. 
Right. And that vegan world, that carnivore world, that paleo world, like I just see so much like so many people fighting about what other people are putting in their body. I I can't I don't understand it. Worry about what you put in your body and life is good. Mm -hmm. Because what somebody else is going to eat. And you you know this now. So you know this now. Right. When we would go out to, to when we would go out to eat. Um, with business, business food, right? I'd sit down and I was the weird one because I I don't eat meat. Um, I put weird restrictions on myself. And the entire conversation just like shifts to the person who has chosen not to consume what everybody else is consuming. And then Mm -hmm. for the rest of the meal, that's pretty much the only thing that anyone talks about. It's like, why aren't you eating this? Why aren't you eating that? And... Mm -hmm. I'm. I have to believe you're experiencing that now. I do to some degree. Uh, I, it's interesting. I reflect on some of those times you just mentioned often, and uh, I never thought I'd be the recipient of that sort of uh, mm. conversation. But I am now. You're right. I do. I do get it sometimes. Uh, not a lot, though. Not as much as I thought I would. Okay. Um, and it's not because I don't put it out there. I don't advertise it. I certainly talk about what I do. Um, and it's not like you did either. I mean, you were just sitting there eating food and, and the attention was drawn to that. But um, I found myself with a with a great circle of, of friends that I have these days that are all open-minded. Um, we all respect one another. We all respect one another's beliefs, uh, food choices, habits, things of that nature. So I don't really get challenged on it. Um, but I mean, those are people I know as well. But if I'm in a situation to where I don't know somebody, yeah, it, it can get a little awkward sometimes. But uh, podcasters won't know this, but you know me and, and you, you've seen me. I don't necessarily have a stature that a lot of people would necessarily um, want to poke too much fun at mm. about me. I, I have a presence, I've been told. So... Maybe that helps me. I don't know. <laughs> okay, that's that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> are you saying? Are you saying that I look weak? <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. That wasn't what that was about at all. I'm sorry. I think you are. Oh, you are a little weakling. <laughs> and you know what? I honestly, I reflect on some of those times and. I use some of the answers you'd give, you know, I, I, I don't engage in it too much. If I do get some of that pushback on, on my personal choices, they're just simply my choices. And if someone doesn't care for them, then I, I hope that they, they one day realize that they don't have to think of someone else's choices as, as wrong, but yeah. rather their choices. Yeah, for sure. And learn from that experience. Like if I see someone eating something that I don't know anything about, I'm not going to challenge them on it. I don't know about it. So let me learn. Let me ask questions to engage. Uh, and, and that brings me to another point is if someone does ask me or, or what I may feel challenged, A, I have to look within and go, am I really challenged right now? Or am I just being insecure because they're asking questions? Mm. And typically I'll come back to that as I'm feeling insecure. Let me answer the questions as forthright as I can because they're asking for a reason. They're probably curious. So. Mm. Let me answer it in the best of my ability, and uh, maybe I can plant the seed. Maybe I can help yeah. help them. Yeah. 
so on the on the subject of choices, what do you think? What do you think is the one choice that the majority of humans are making that is detrimental to their health? Oh gosh. <clears throat> Other than food choices, I think the standard American diet is um, is the leading. I mean, it's been proven that it's the leading cause of death. I mean, it causes so many bad things. Uh, other than that, I think thoughts, what you believe, your your environment, and I don't mean on a global scale, but your your personal environment, the thoughts that you allow in your day, in your subconscious, and in your conscious. I think those are things that are very impactful and very powerful. Yeah, for sure. I think people forget. Rewiring, right? mm-hmm. rewiring your brain, rewiring your pat, your thought patterns, and that can that can that can roll over into your food choices. For sure. You know? It does. Is there so, anything that you've done that's really been advantageous for rewiring your thought program, your your thought processes? Yeah, you know, I've I've read a lot of books over the last couple of years and I've, I've listened to a lot of podcasts and, and books on Audible. And the one that really struck home for me was The Biology of Belief by Dr. Bruce Lipton. And it's Bruce Lipton, for those that don't know, is is um, the leading doctor in the, in the study of epigenetics. And it's 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 about controlling your thoughts and and what you say to yourself and how you can rewire things. So something that I took away from that book was every morning in my mantras, I say four things. And this may seem silly to some people. It may seem silly to you. Um, but it's something that really helps me. And I, and I think it's, it's one of the pillars of my foundation is, uh, I say every morning that I am happy. I am healthy. I am grateful and I am loved. And I alternate love with loved. So I'll say it. I am happy. I'm healthy. I'm grateful. I'm loved and love. And I say those four things and I'm doing my breath work nonstop. It's on repeat. It's as if someone's saying it to me. And that goes on for 10, 15 minutes every single day. And I feel that that is something that has helped rewire a lot of things in my mind and how I look at each day. Mm. That's really nice. <laughs> Not strange or weird? No, I don't think that's strange or weird. Welcome to becoming legendary. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Great to be here. Um, when you were 16, who did you see yourself becoming? Oh, a doctor. Mm. <laughs> and reason being was that uh, I mentioned my father had poor health. He had poor health all, all of my life uh, until the day he passed, obviously. And uh, I always wanted to become a doctor so that I could cure people of heart disease because mm. that's father suffered from so yeah at age 16 that's what i thought i I wanted to be that didn't happen obviously but that was a 16 year old dream (laughs) Hmm. maybe this is a manifestation of that in some way i'm still helping people cure heart disease by the food choices that they make for sure you probably have more of a capacity to impact people as a someone someone directly assisting with food intake than you would as a doctor. And I think that's the truth. Know. Yeah. You know, it's, it's amazing how many doctors don't talk about your nutrition. Yeah. Or no, or no, or even no. Mm-hmm. It's scary. Who, who is your greatest 
influencer or mentor or who have been your greatest influencers or mentors? Oh gosh, we don't have enough time, Patrick, honestly, <laughs> because it's every single person, every single day. I mean, mm. there's been so many people that I, I'm able to learn from. Yeah. So many experiences. Uh, some of the top ones though, I've, I've already mentioned a couple. Uh, Dr. Bruce Lipton is one. Uh, I, I respect and admire Rich Roll. I think he's phenomenal for what he does. Um, Deepak Chopra in my, in, in about 10 years ago was very instrumental in, in starting me on a spiritual path. Um, gosh, there's just so many music. Music is a big thing for me. I learned a lot of lessons from, from, uh, conscious music, if you will. So a lot of music artists. I can I can draw inspiration from and relate to mm. family members. My wife has been a great teacher yeah. for me so much. Um, yeah, I mean, you you've taught me so much. I mean, there's just so many. Honestly, that's such a hard question to answer. I I, I wouldn't be able to answer it properly because I leave a lot of people off the list that deserve <laughs> to be on it. Honestly, that's fair. But those are some of the top. What about? What about an idea that has like greatly influenced you? An idea? Hmm. That's a great question. An idea that has greatly influenced me. Well, we already touched on a little bit of it, but uh, um, it's funny. When, when my wife went to yoga school, um, she immersed herself in a 30-day retreat. Not retreat. I mean, they call it a retreat, but it was really a school where she learned so much and she came back and gave me the idea of pranayama mm. not to keep going back to that, but she yeah. gave me that idea. That was such a, an amazing thing because I, it wasn't that I was a naysayer or wasn't willing to try. I've been pretty open my whole life on trying certain things, uh, especially if I didn't know about it or as long as it wasn't absolutely horrible for me. Yeah. Um, so the idea of pranayama, I think was, was yeah. huge. Yeah. It's huge. It sparked, it sparked so much. It sparked so many things and took me down so many different roads and took down this wall that I didn't even know I had. Yeah. And just completely destroyed it. And just, it left me vulnerable and open and ready to receive. It's mm. just, it was huge. Mm. Not mm. stuff you typically hear a chef talk about, right? Ah. <laughs> It's stuff you hear. It's stuff you hear the good chefs talking about. There you go. <laughs> Amazing freaking is love. Let me share this because I think this is exactly. Yeah. I think you said this just a little bit differently, but I think it's. This is the idea that has affected me more than anything I can remember, and that is all the potential, all the possibility, is in I don't know. And what you said, right, is I'm I'm open to anything I don't I don't know, right? You're you're very much that you're very much willing to receive things that you don't know. And the only thing we can truly receive is what we don't know, right? The moment we say, Oh yeah, I know that, we're done receiving. We've built a wall, we've built an identity, and we've built a place where we can't progress past. So I really I really love the way you put that because it just, it hit exactly home for me with the idea that has transformed my life is everything that is, every bit of potential is locked up and I don't know. 
Now, I have I have three more questions for you. Number yeah. one. Yeah. What's the best and worst purchase you've ever made? Um, can it be the same answer? Yes. (laughs) Please let it be the same answer. Yeah, I will. Uh, uh, A Nissan pickup truck. (laughs) 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 Quick context on that. Uh, It was the, well, it was the second vehicle I ever purchased. First one on my own. And I went to the car dealership and I got sold a vehicle that I thought I absolutely loved. Ironically, it was a stick shift. I didn't know how to drive a stick shift. You should have seen me, seen me leaving the lot. They were, as I was pulling out, they're going, yeah, he'll be back for some transition. <laughs> so it was the best and the worst purchase all in one experience. Oh, I love that. I love that. <laughs> there's, uh, oh, there's so much in that. <laughs> okay. A lot. What is the closest thing to real magic you've ever experienced? Mm. Real magic. Oh man, my mind is going in so many different directions. That's such a interesting question. Real magic. Closest thing to real magic I've ever experienced, right? That's the question? Yeah. Oh man, not to be corny, but my wedding day, man. Oh, how beautiful is that? It was gorgeous. It was absolutely beautiful. It was magical. Um, yeah. And trust me, my wife's not even here right now, so it's not as if she's looking. <laughs> I hope that's the answer. That's just from the heart. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's I the perfect it. answer. That's the perfect <laughs> answer. Um. Okay. Last question. Let's hear it. Do you have any questions for me? <laughs> Man, it would be a whole nother podcast, Patrick. <laughs> Getting time with you and learn from you would be something that I would just relish in. I, I, I wish I could turn the, the tables around and ask you questions, all kinds of them. Uh, man, yeah, I, I do have one for you, though. All right. What's next for you? What is the next big thing? Because I always look to you as this guru almost. Like you always have like the next greatest thing that you're doing. And it's found and awesome. What's next? Mm. (laughs) I know that's a progress question, isn't it? This is a, this is a, this is a big question. Um, this is a big question. <laughs> I will say I will say that next for me is is a is going to come with a remarkable amount of understanding. What I I think the first 40 years of my life what I've had an abundance of is confidence and what I've had a shortage of has been clarity. And I am really, really blessed to have gone through some really profoundly impactful experiences that have offered me clarity in ways that I um, I didn't know was possible. So 
what's next i don't i don't fully have that formation but i do know that it's going to come from a position of of truly deep clarity how's that for how's that for a a question with a little bit of avoidance in it (laughs) perfect you know why because it it leaves me on the edge of my seat wanting more (laughs) we're going to have to make sure i pay attention now (laughs) so there's there's one there's one other it's not a question it's a request i have for you what do you got so what i want what I want from you, this is a greedy request. I've had this desire to, um, I've had this desire for a long time. I want to, I want to make my own salsas. Yeah. And I need, I need a phytogenic chef recipe for a salsa that will like dramatically impact me. Yeah. Okay. Well, I love making salsa. <laughs> Seriously. It's something I make three times a week in my house, some variation of it. Yes, I love. So, so let's, let's come up, let's come up with a, with a salsa so that we can have the listeners make this, make this. Yeah. Any special, like just a salsa or anything kind of special about it? I want, I want, I want it to have anti-inflammatory components to it. Oh, that's great. It has good stuff. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, no, that, that's great. I mean, salsa is, is very anti-inflammatory with a tomato already. But man, I can I can take it up another level though and really make a true phytogenic <laughs> chef. Yes, take it up area. all the levels. Anti-inflammatory <laughs> salsa. When do you need this done? Today? I can get this done today. Let's do it today. You want it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> can I? Can I tell you what I'm thinking about? Yeah, doing, tell me what you're thinking it? about. Tell no, tell me what you're thinking. Okay, um, <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Like, I mentioned earlier, I break all the rules, right, with my food and my yes. recipes. Yes. So, I think I'm gonna add some blueberry to a traditional pico and then puree it and make yes. it a salsa. A blueberry <laughs> salsa. A blueberry salsa sounds like the most yeah. perfect thing ever. Yes. Yeah, but don't think of just like. When I say blueberry salsa, people's mind probably go to like a jam or a mm. or a jelly. No, no. Think of tomatoes and cilantro and jalapeno and blueberry. Yes, I love this. I love Surrounded. this. <laughs> yes. No sugar, no salt, yes. and no oil. Oh, I'm so ready. Yes. So why did I why did I write that up for you and I'll send it to you? Okay, Rad. We'll post a link we'll post a link in the show notes to that and your Instagram feed. And all of thank your you. other websites and everything else. Marco, thank you so much for coming on Becoming Legendary, sharing this time with me today. It's been an honor, Patrick. I, I'm, I'm humbled and I'm, I'm so grateful that you gave me the space to share my story. You're the best. Chat soon. All right, brother. <laughs>